what the hell was that? What the hell was that? The highest number jerseys are checking in. I've never heard that before in my life, and that That's is tough. absolute greatness when you're trying to describe a good old-fashioned chicken kicking that happened oh. in Miami. That's <laughs> I- tough. Sorry. Oh, the whole thing mercy. with the time slot is we're not supposed to really look back on what happened. We're supposed to be looking ahead in this time slot. The morning show, I'm sure, had plenty of time if they wanted to recap Celtics heat. I'm not sure why they would have bothered. I've got tears right but now. But now, all these hours later, 12 hours later, in this time slot here at Amber and Ian, there ain't no reason for us to talk about that game. Y'all are living in the past. Very sorry. It was a special request from uh, our good friend and update anchor tonight, Kevin Winter. He's a Celtics a good fan. Good friend is really overstating it. Right yeah, uh, he's, a dark, he's a dark Fair. soul uh, who loves uh, wagering, right? And um, that that call right there was second to none. When you have the highest like the highest rated jerseys. Checking in, right? The, first of all, the Heat fans leaving, that's a that's a touchy subject for Heat that's fans. That's not a touchy subject. A, I, hold on, no, 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 Amber, you can't defend this. I, I, was, I, I was there in 2011 covering the Dallas Mavericks as a, as a beat reporter, and you're, the fans in Miami will leave at halftime it's if they true. don't believe that they're I mean, going to have a shot. And just, then... It is just not true. I, 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 was, not, I watched it. I, I, I saw you, it. I'm not being a homer here. It is just not true. I understand everybody I was SBN there. has been spitting that nonsense for decades on the waves. I it saw is it. It's so genuinely not true. I have been to so many Heat games, Ian. So many. I, I for get so it. So long. Look, I, the Heat had the longest home sellout streak in the entire NBA. Oh, I'm here we go. Now we're like going to fight. Come on. Here we go. That. Here we go. People don't so, recognize. People don't understand. People don't recognize because there is this false narrative about Heat fans not showing up. Miami is not the best city for sports, period. They are not the best sports fans. That does not apply to the Miami Heat. I'm just letting you all know. That ain't the team. If you want to say it about some of the other teams down there, ever since the Heat started winning, ever since that first championship with Wade and Shaq, the actual attendance for the Miami Heat has not been an issue. Now, did they leave games early when they were losing and then they got locked out of the building that time? And all That's what I'm talking about. I was there. I but saw every, it in the NBA finals. I'm yeah, sitting there going, what is going team, on here? Yes, every it single happened. team leaves when they are losing. Every single fan base leaves when they are losing. Not we the Saints. see it in the NFL. Well, that is such malarkey. I mean, it's malarkey. Is what I tell you. My mom punched me in the face. I'm not kidding. This is a true story. This is 1980. We are 0 in 12 at the time. And uh, I I take, by the way, Amber Wilson, the infant cemetery on ESPN radio. We we will get into championship weekend for the NFL. We will, we're going to bring you uh, players that are playing in the games this weekend and analysts and everything else and, and wagering advice. But now we have gone on, on Kevin Winter has taken us down this dark road. And- no, Kevin, Kevin has every right to do a victory <laughs> parade right now because the Celtics absolutely whooped the bleep what was the final? out of the heat. 143 points. It's oh, the most Boston God. has ever scored in on Miami. The 33-point oh. margin oh. represented Boston's most lopsided victory over Miami in 172 meetings between the franchises, and that included the playoffs. There ain't no problem 
with K-Dub doing his little victory right. dance. Cool. Right. You got one of 82, buddy. So true I'm story. just saying, in terms of this attendance nonsense, it is oh, such I, a false narrative again. that drives you nuts about the national media. It just is. I worked I, down there for 20 years. I was closer to that market than anybody. I didn't grow up down there. I didn't grow up a Heat fan. But it's such a false narrative. It truly, genuinely is. I've been to so many games. All I'm saying is during the 2011 finals, I witnessed it in person. But Because they were losing. They lost that finals to the Dallas Mavericks. There is not a fan base that doesn't leave when they are losing. Not, But it wasn't game six they were leaving in. But anyway, point is, here's a story about my mom. And we were 0-12 as Saints fans. I'm eight years old. My older brother, God rest his soul, Brendan, and I are going to the game with, with my mom. And we sit down in our seats. And I put a bag. My, my, my brother, Brendan, is the one who, you know, that's back in the days of the Aints, right? So we both have our Aints trash bags, the brown bags we're going to put over our heads. But I sit in the seat he was assigned to. But you know how it is with a family, right? You have seats, you know, one, two, three, four. Well, my technical seat, the ticket I had in my hand, was the one that he was sitting in. I'm sitting next to my mom, Amber. And at that moment, we put our brown bags over our heads. And she turns to her left, sees me, and I get an uppercut right to the jaw. Mm. You never, ever bail on your team or insult your team. We are fans. We are supporters. I don't care if it's family, the team you play on, which was the Folsom Tigers, or the New Orleans Saints. We are always fans, and we don't leave early. There you go. That's your mom. That's a good woman, but that's your mom. There were a bunch of other people in that Saints stadium that left early. There is not a fan base. That not that day, because guess what? It was about half full to begin with. So anyway. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> the Miami Heat in 2024 so far have the fourth best attendance oh, in the NBA. Right. In 2023, they had the fifth best attendance in the NBA. And they had if the I go earliest leave rate in the NBA. Than that. So it's always what... top five attendance in the NBA each and every single year. And, and what, yet everybody on our airwaves here nationally, for whatever reason, has always promoted this idea that Miami doesn't show up. And it it harkens back to the LeBron days and the whole nonsense around the whole thing. Is, is I was, what I think it stems back to. All I know is this. They buy the tickets, but they leave early. There you go. I have derailed this entire show. When they are losing, I apologize. When they are losing, they leave early. And if I was there... I would have been one of those Heat fans last night. I would have been out ya when Boston and was kicking our butts. And my mom would have uppercut you right to the jaw. Not one of 82, mama. Not at all. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Caller click today. Find out if we could we save you hundreds news. on your car insurance. We have breaking news. Adam Schefter. Michigan has its man. Two days after Jim Harbaugh left for the NFL and the Los Angeles Chargers. The national champion Wolverines have promoted OC line coach Sharon Moore to the head coaching position here, who we all know, O-line coach and OC. And we knew that it was going to be Moore. It makes all the sense. He was the interim head coach there for all those games that Jim Harbaugh missed. And oh, by the way, Ian, he was undefeated. Yeah, and look, he gets credit for four wins, but let's be honest, it was more like six. Um mm-hmm. 
Uh, A no-brainer. Watching the way the players there interact with Sharon Moore was mesmerizing. And, um, And being on the field there as we were for the national championship, you look at that team. And the way they react to not Harbaugh only, right, but but more, it was a given. This was we talked about it two nights ago, and here we are tonight, right? It, it, this was a zero, you know, decision when, when it comes to elevating more to head coach. Zero decision. This is it. No other candidates done. You watch his players gravitate to him and the way they react to him. Man, again, it's going to be hard. Hey, Michigan fans, you're losing your entire offensive line, two backups, an All-American running back, your quarterback, both bookend edge rushers, right? I mean, your star safety, your, your star corner, all are gone. So don't expect a natty run again. But I think, Amber, and I'm curious to get your thoughts, this was a no-brainer when it comes to continuity with Michigan. That's the key here, I think. It's the easiest transition to make. And the success is there. And Sean Moore can walk into the AD's office and show the resume that has a win over Ohio State as the interim head coach. It has two top 10 wins as the interim head coach. And obviously, he's been there. And he's in that Harbaugh system. He's got the familiarity with all of the players. And he's tried and true already. It's very rare that you have an opportunity to replace your current coach, who just won you a natty and won you multiple conference championships, with a dude who you've already gotten together a test run to and kept things on track. So you feel pretty confident that it could be a smooth transition moving forward. And not that Moore is not going to make it his own team because he absolutely should. But I think that transition will feel a little less awkward than if they had hired from the outside in. So I think excellent job from Michigan. It seems like a no-brainer. I really frankly hope that it works out for them. Coming up next here. On Amber and Ian, have we seen Bill Belichick coach his very last game in the NFL? Plus, we will get into championship weekend on Sunday. We will not argue anymore about the Miami <laughs> Heat attendance. Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. 
Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Moore is now the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. We knew that this is probably going to be the choice by Michigan to replace Jim Harbaugh. And now we know officially from our very own Adam Schefter that it, in fact, is. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons. You can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So Michigan has a new man at the helm. Bill Belichick ain't anywhere at the helm, Ian. And this story has gotten quite strange because we also know the Atlanta Falcons have filled that spot. These coaching jobs, obviously the Chargers with Harbaugh, these coaching jobs have been starting to get filled here on the coaching carousel. The only one he apparently, Bill Belichick apparently even interviewed for was that Atlanta Falcons job. And then they moved on. He ain't getting that job. Is he getting a job? Could we be entering a world where there's no Bill Belichick It it does not look like it. Yeah, I mean, this is crazy. And by the way, on Sharon Moore, uh, new head coach of Michigan, just texting back and forth uh, with with Blake Corum, pumped. I mean, he is beyond excited as a Michigan man that – and he he would join us, but he's about to get on a plane. So we'll talk to Blake Corum coming up on Monday. Uh, But – uh, so Michigan fans, you know, he you gave us a, the old all Amer- about to get on a plane. All American running back, like old. very excited, like almost to the tone of there's no there's no tone of voice in a text, Amber, right? But you get the feel like he was it was relief. Like if it was anybody else but Sharon Moore, he would have been upset. So there you go. Right. Now to Belichick. My biggest question is this: Is it the Falcons saying no? Or any other team saying no to Belichick, or and this is something I haven't heard yet, and I'm, it's in the back of my mind. Is he saying no? I'm good. As deep as Atlanta is with every position, meaning they're like they have two of everybody. They're like Noah's Ark, right? Where they they they're deep at, at D line. That's my point, right? So I'm hold on. Deep at linebacker, safety, wideouts, two running backs, right? But they don't have the most important position. So did he say, no, I'm good? Or was it Atlanta and every other team going, no, you can't relate to the modern day player? I'm going to, I don't know which way to go with this, but I think it's a fascinating conversation when it comes to um, if you're Bill Belichick do you, you've experienced life with the best to ever play the game in Tom Brady then you had Mac Jones as a rookie you went to the playoffs right with Josh McDaniels as your OC and then you ruined him with Matt Patricia becoming your OC a defensive coordinator calling offensive plays You've seen what life is like without a quarterback. And one, by the way, Bill, you ruined one. 
So now, is he the one saying, I'm good, I don't want to go to Atlanta, or is it every NFL team that had openings this year, Amber, saying, you know what, Bill, we don't want you? The reports indicate that the Atlanta Falcons passed on Bill Belichick. That's been the wording that I keep saying, that they pa- that I keep seeing, that they passed on Bill Belichick. That would lead me to believe that it was an Atlanta decision. Now, why? I mean, for all we know, Bill walked into those meetings and then he gave them a price tag and Raheem Morris's price tag was a whole lot cheaper, right? I mean, there's factors like that Could that be. we don't know. Raheem Morris obviously has been in that building before. There's a relationship there as well. He is somebody who has been a head coach in a couple spot stops as well. He's got a ton of relationships around the league and actually somebody who has a ton of respect as well around the league. But there may be some other factors that Atlanta felt like this was the better option. And maybe it was Bill not being, who knows, flexible enough about how he would build his staff or the amount of power that he wanted or the amount of money that he wanted or whatever the case may be. And maybe the situation just did not work uh, together. Is that Bill? So what do you think? What do you think? Not necessarily so dedicated to the concept of continuing to coach because Bill has a lot of options here beyond coaching. I mean, any of these media entities, I would imagine, would love to play Bill hand over fist and he can probably make millions of dollars doing what you and I do. And he is in his 70s. How about ski slopes and boats and islands? I mean, he has that option also at 72. Guys like Bill. Belichick, though, need coaching like you and I need oxygen. So I am fascinated to see and hear if it ever comes out. Did he say, I'm good? There's no quarterback here and I don't want to start over again? Or, in your opinion, does he not relate to the modern-day player? Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst, was on first take. Let's hear his analysis first, and then we'll react. And does any of us think that when you sit and have a meeting with Bill Belichick, you are wowed by his personality and his ability to connect? So if it's just not that you're worried about history or that you're worried about resume or that you're trophy case watching, he ain't the dude. And I think that the day it happened, Adam Schefter said, that the Atlanta Falcons could be players for Bill Belichick, which said to me it was Bill Belichick's job to lose. Well, guess what? He lost it. That's what happened here. They sat in front of him, and they realized he wasn't the right So are you saying he's not as good as we all thought he was? No, because you don't win if you're not that good. He was as good as we all thought he was when he was as good as we all thought he was. That ain't today. I, I, you know, I think that his point about the personality is an interesting one because Ian has been a really long time since Bill Belichick had to interview for jobs. So like all the reports out there are that Raheem Morris on his first interview blew the Falcons out of the water. Okay. They blew them. Well, Raheem Morris has a lot more recent experience interviewing for jobs <laughs> than Bill B does. So I'm guessing Raheem might not be a better coach. It certainly doesn't have the better coaching resume, but I'm guessing Raheem Morris is a hell of a better interview than Bill Belichick. So that might factor into this. In other words, you're saying that Bill walked in with six rings going, here's my interview. Right. Done. Right. Raheem walked in going, here's my coaching staff. Here's the, uh, when it comes to the upcoming draft, here is the quarterback that I really like. And we can, we can move up to get him, or 
it's a sleeper out there, right? Where, you know what? He'll be available in the second or third round, and we can get him here. Those kind of things. Or is, was it just Bill going, you know what? And this is the one where I, I – man, in our pre-show meeting, James Steele brought this up, and he wasn't the first person that said this to me. Was it Bill going, you know what? You ain't got a quarterback, and I don't want to deal with a rookie. And after the second interview, you know what? You have a great yacht, Mr. Blank. It's a helicopter pad. It's awesome, but I'm good. I'm going to go hit the slopes in Park City, Utah. Wouldn't or we have heard that, tell you ride. If it was Bill, if it was Bill's decision, like if he was pulling his name out of consideration with the Falcons, wouldn't that have been the reports? Then? I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. But and, I can, you know, I can also see, I see both sides where Atlanta's going, you don't relate, right? And, and the interview process was Bill walking in going, six rings, done. What else you need? Or I can see Bill going, <laughs> I'm not starting with a rookie. I'm out. The problem with Bill Belichick is is nobody talks about how uh, enjoyable it is to play for him, right? That's, That's not the reputation. That's a fact. That is not the reputation when you talk to these guys over the years. Uh, he's they respect not it and they cherish right. it, when it's but working. they don't enjoy it in the moment. Right. And so when you're talking about going somewhere else, maybe it's one of these reasons why Bill isn't quite as coveted around the league as the resume would indicate that he should be. Because there's, it's possible that a lot of these teams are looking at it at what would, what would happen to the personnel that already exists, too. And these front offices and, and all the way down and these business offices and everybody involved in these organizations, maybe people really don't want the Belichick way anymore, even though, of course, it was wildly successful when he had Tom Brady all those years. Coming up next year on Amber and Ian, what do the Lions have to do? To slow down the 49ers, we will get into conference championship weekend here on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Getting you geared up and ready for Championship Sunday. Chiefs and Ravens will get things started at 3 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Lions 49ers is the 6.30 game on Sunday. Boy, are we ready for some Championship NFL football. Amber Nian 
is presented by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons here with you. Let's bring in some help to break down all things NFL. Quandre Diggs, Seahawks safety, kind enough to give him some of our time. And Quandre, you play San Francisco twice a year, so you're in that division. What's the number one thing that you would tell that Lions defense to do to slow down that 49ers offense? It would be two things. Um, the two things that I would tell those guys is, you know, you got to stop the run. Uh, got to stop the run. You got to be physical with those guys and stopping the run. And, you know, they have, you know, arguably the best running back in the NFL. Um, so you got to stop those guys and kind of make them one dimensional. And then once you do that, you got to be able to take away the middle of the field. Um, you know, dig routes. You know, they run a lot of digs, a lot of inside breaking routes between those hashes that, you know, um, that really get that offense going. You know, I mean, that's that's Purdy's sweet spot. That's always been something that's been important in Kyle's offense has been able to throw the ball across the middle of the field. And um, they do a phenomenal job of scheming it up. So um, for me, it would be those two things, you know, stop the run and take away the middle of the field in that intermediate area. Not really, you know, they don't throw the the, the, the deep ball, the deep post and, you know, the, the deep seven routes and those things, the go routes. They don't really throw those as well as they throw the ball across the middle. So, um, that would be my. That would be my two things for sure. Quandre Diggs, three-time Pro Bowl safety for the Seattle Seahawks, giving you a scouting report on his old team, the Detroit Lions, and a team he knows very well. Going up against them in that San, in that division in the San Francisco 49ers here with us on Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio. All right, so take take us on to the field. What's the best way to take away that digger out the middle of the field away from Purdy, and then we'll touch on CMC. I mean, I think you just got to throw different looks at them. You know, you throw different looks at those guys, you know, disguise a little bit. You know, um, they're one of those teams that they they kind of run you out of that, that too high look. You know what I mean? You really got to play them in single high because they get that running game going with, you know, um, the different type of split zones and wide zones and, you know, the tosses and all the different things that um, a Kyle Shanahan run games present to you. They kind of get you out of that too high look where you have to get them one high. So, um, I think, you know, the big guys up front have to eat. You know what I mean? The big guys and the, the linebackers have to eat um, to be able to slow that run game down and, you know, be able to let those safeties kind of sit back a little bit. And, you know, if they drop them down the hooks or, the, you know, they drop it down those strong hooks, they have an opportunity not, not to have to run up into the run game and um, be able to play in those hooks and let one of those crosses pass by. And, you know, hopefully they can pick off that second one. Um but, you know, as you guys can see, you know, Purdy threw a, a phenomenal ball last week um, mm-hmm. on that game-winning drive to Jawan Jennings. And uh, it's just one of those throws that big-time quarterbacks making. I believe that's what he is, and that's what he's been showing all year. So, um, you know, you got to kind of pick and choose, pick your poison, what you want to do with those guys. You've gone against him four times. If he's not, quote, Mr. Irrelevant, the very last draft pick, but a first-round pick, and he's putting out the numbers and doing what he's doing right now for the Niners, what, what's 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 a national narrative on Brock Purdy? I firmly believe that if he was a first round pick, he definitely wouldn't be getting the negativity that he gets, you know, now. Um, because that's typically how it goes, you know. I mean, I can kind of relate to Purdy where you were you know, a six rounder, right? Weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Yep, six round draft pick, and you never get the love that the first round guys get, no matter what. You know, they'll never see you until you go out and do, you know, phenomenal stuff. I've done stuff that first-rounders have, that, that haven't done, and I still don't get the love as them. But with Purdy, you know I mean? He has a chance to set everybody up, you know, this week. And, you know, you take a team back-to-back NFC Championship games with opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, 
um, I really think, you know, the narrative has to change. And that's what he's been doing. That's what he continue to do. I think he's a, he's a big time quarterback. I mean, he has one of the best play callers also. And, you know, he has great weapons, but what team that, what team doesn't have great weapons? You know what I mean? What team um, doesn't have, you know what I mean? At at this point, everybody has one of the best play callers in the NFL uh, by their side. So, for me, you know, the whole narrative of, you know, he has all these weapons, he has Kyle Shanahan. I mean, for me, that just kind of goes out the window because, you know, uh, these last, you know, four teams, the playoffs are supposed to be the best of the best. And, you know, if he continues to do what he does and, you know, hopefully can shut those critics up. Three-time Pro Bowl safety for the Seattle Seahawks. Quandre Diggs returning here to Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, getting ready, getting you ready for championship weekend with the AFC and NFC championship games. And uh, you go up against Debo Samuel a ton. The difference with him in the lineup compared to him out of the lineup is he's 50-50 right now, even though I expect him to play. I expect that South Carolina Gamecock to be out there. Uh, I mean, there's a Lombardi on the line. But if you can, the biggest difference in preparing for San Fran and playing them with Debo versus without Debo is what? I mean, I think he just, when you have Debo, you have to account for where he is at all times. You know, um, he's in the slot, if he's at number one, if he's lined up at running back. Punt return, kick return, wherever he's at, you always have to account for him because he's that type of player. Um, so, you know, it definitely makes a difference when, you know, you take one of the better playmakers with the ball out of the scheme. You know, it definitely makes it easy to, to go out there and play those guys. Um, but when he's out there, you know, you always got to be accountable for him and know, you know, when he does get his catches, you got to gang tackle and get him down because he's strong and, you know, he wants to get yards after the catch. And um, that's what kind of gets that team going. And, and you came from Detroit. Uh, that was the team you drafted you. That's where you were developed. We were talking to Dom mm-hmm. Raiola the other night, right? One of your former teammates. That, 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 yeah, yeah, that crazy man wearing 5'1 was an absolute beast, right, for the Lions. And yeah. when you think about what this team and the run they're on right now means to that city, can you describe it having played there and been a part of it? I mean, it means everything to those guys. Those That city has been – Loyal from the jump, you know. I mean, those guys went from 0 and 16, um, you know, to Young Stafford to Stafford that's with the Rams to, you know, I mean, all those different things where new regimes come in and, um, you know, they wanted their way and they all preach the same message of, you know, you want to get the Lions the Super Bowl and, you know, for them to have the opportunity to go get that this week, you know, that's that's phenomenal. I hope those guys go out there and play their tail off and. For me, you know, I mean, it'll be it'll be sweet to see those guys in the Super Bowl because they definitely deserve it. Um, those players, those coaches, you know, that staff, they all deserve it. You know, what I mean, it's it's not just the fans. You know, what I mean, and I know we 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 make a lot about that, but you know, those guys that's out there playing and those coaches that's coaching and staying up and doing those long hours. You know, what I mean, um, I, I'm just proud of all of them. So, you know, I, I definitely get excited watching those guys play. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. From a defensive standpoint, man, how do you defend these guys? Just take us onto the field. What's that like? I mean, we had a good opportunity this year out in Seattle to try to contain Lamar Jackson, and we did not get the job done. Um, he's one of those guys, man, that, you know, um, you put the emphasis on him all week of, you know, you have to slow down Lamar, you have to do this, you have to do that. But when you get out there, and you know, he's out running the angles of, you know, the d line and that you're telling to, you know, make him hand the ball off or, you know, he's throwing the ball in the middle of the field. He's throwing the ball downfield. 
and making these throws, you know what I mean, it's, it's hard to stay with a game plan. So you, you just try to figure out what you could do, you know, and um, I don't think anybody's kind of figured out what to do, you know. I think when they lose, he probably has an off day, you know what I mean, and um, the best teams that play him well are the teams that see him twice a year, obviously, because they have better info and, um, you know, they can tell what's going on. But he's one of those guys that has the uncanny ability to just, you know, kind of turn it on. He has that X factor that, um, you know, he, may, he, he he's one of those guys that, you know, he's a unanimous MVP. And, you know, it, it really shows when he's out there on the field. Coaching change. You're going through it right now. As a player, what's that like? Because as fans, it's one thing. As analysts, it's one thing. You're in the middle of it. What's that like? Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I'm older, man. I'm I'm just sitting back. I'm chilling. You know what I mean? I'm kind of just letting things play out the way that they play out. You know, I've been in the league a long time. I've been through a coaching change before. So, you know what I mean? You don't control anything, so there's no, no reason to, you know, work your nerves up and do all that. But – you know, you obviously see the candidates that they bring it in. You know, you see the teams that they come from. And you kind of think in your head, you know, what kind of culture they will bring, you know, what kind of style of defense or, you know, who would they bring in. If they're offensive guy, you know, you want to know what kind of defensive guy they're going to bring in. And if they're a defensive coach, you want to kind of know what their systems are and how they do and, you know, how they deploy their players. But, you know, for me, i really just been chilling, man. I've been at home enjoying my kids and um, just hanging out. Good for you. By the way, who was who was Lambeer and who was Bird? Just out of curiosity, uh, you don't have to give the players. Which team? Which team was being repped by Lambeer and Bird? Well, we I don't even know if we really had a team that was doing it. It was just more the fact of let's just go be gritty and you know uh, <laughs> we're gonna go be gritty and um, we're gonna work with what we got and let's go get it done. Oh, uh, you killed me, Q. Always good to catch up with you, man. You're going to be a hell of an analyst one day after your playing days are done, but you got a lot of ball left in you. A three-time Pro Bowl safety for the Seattle Seahawks. Quandre Diggs getting you ready for championship weekend right here on ESPN Radio. Thank you, Q. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, you're the best, man. Quandre Diggs joining us here on Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio. And, and Amber, you heard him there, for people just tuning in at the beginning of that conversation, shut down the run. When it comes mm-hmm. to San Francisco, you got to take Christian McCaffrey out of the game, and that is easier said yeah. than done. No kidding. Uh, we learned that, right, uh, in the divisional round. Certainly always easier said than done when you're talking about trying to defend that 49ers offense. Trying to defend Devin Booker right now, by the way, in the oh NBA. My also easier said than done. Devin Booker in the Suns game against the Pacers right now, which is in the second quarter, Devin Booker put up 29 points in the first quarter alone. First quarter, that man put up 29 points. All right, so if you had the total, because uh, we, we just uh, – who's in the studio with us right now, James? Who we got? I can't remember who was in my, in my year earlier. Oh, uh, Cam. Cam is here. Oh, Cam's here? Board, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Cam. Apologize, buddy. Cam told us that – the over-under on a prop bet for Devin Booker tonight was 29.5 points. Mm-hmm. He's he a 30. Second. He's he a that, 31. Second right, yeah. Yeah, he's he had 29 points. in the first quarter. 29 he, of his team's 40 points in the first quarter. He has, That's insane. He has scored 31 points in 13 minutes. <laughs> Uh, is ESPN uh, bet live uh, point total is at 51.5 right now. So. I'd go the under. Uh, also, Luke. I'm not at, kidding. I, I would. I mean, I, I, because when you, when you see guys get hot, 
early on, right? How many times do you see them come back and, re- and really either continue it or right. tail off? Not everybody's Kobe going for 81 or, you know, right. or Joel and B last week going for 70. So I might live bet that. I might, I might live bet the under 51, 51 and a half, you said right now? Yeah, 51 and a half on ESPN I might, bet. I might, I might go under on that. Luca, by the way, has 25 points Duh. in the second quarter versus with Atlanta it, it versus Atlanta. So Luca going off Ooh. there versus Atlanta. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian. We'll take a look at some of the matchups of championship weekend in Got One. That's next here on ESPN Radio. We are getting you ready for Championship Sunday here on Amber and Ian, presented by Progressive Insurance at Ian Fitz ESPN. That is how you find him, at Amber W Sports. That is how you find me. We got all sorts of sports coming your way, though, this weekend here on ESPN Radio. On Saturday, Sixers at Nuggets. That game on ESPN Radio. Coverage will begin at 5 p.m. Eastern. Also on Saturday, UNC at Florida State. Coverage begins at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. And that one... Uh, bad boo knolls. I, I don't know what to say in that. Like, I also don't want to root for UNC there, but you know, anytime I talk about Florida state, it, it just gives I was me a say, I mean, feeling it, inside. So just, boo. You, you being a Gator, um, you handled that well. Yeah, as well as you I, could. As well as you I, could. Cause I, I was about to be like, Oh, go Tar Heels. And I'm like, that ah, doesn't feel right. <laughs> None of it feels right. It's all very uncomfortable. You, you, you defended Florida state for so long. I know it was going so back weird. to the college football playoff that, so you, you, you now get a pass where you can say, you know what? Go Tar Heels. You yeah. can. I, yeah, I, I'm, do- I'm, I'm not I'm, saying it, but you can say it. I am done defending Florida State. I have never been so happy about uh, the playoff expansion. When we had Mike okay, Alford, because- Florida State AD, on, <laughs> you were like, Look, understand that I'm a Gator and I'm defending you all. Yes. Very and he, he was very position. appreciative. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. There okay, you tonight go. we also have got some big matchups here on ESPN. Radio Suns at Pacers, 8 p.m. Cavs at Bucks, 8 p.m. Tip Thunder at Pelicans, 8 p.m. Sorry, those are the matchups that we're keeping an eye on. Those are not here. We are on the radio. We are keeping an eye on those matches. We will keep you updated on those scores all evening long here on Amber and Ian. Right now, let's play some Got One. Amber and Ian Got One. We got one! Yeah, and uh, I have a special guest with me here tonight, too. My daughter, the most special jo- of guests. Yeah, and the most special guest. Uh, my daughter, Johanna, is here, so she's going to do a couple jo, of Oh, what's up, kid? Say hi. Hi. <laughs> All right, uh, so she's going to go first. She has one here to read. Uh, go ahead, Joe. Which quarterback would you rather have this Sunday, Patrick Mahomes or, Le- or Lamar Jackson? Oh, jo- this Sunday. This jo. Sunday. You're Ian, sitting next away. to your dad. No, you're going to meet first on this? Oh, yeah. You always go first. Uh, I'm, uh, no, I don't always go first. I'm making uh, you do uh, the dirty work here. Joe, I love your dad. And I love your but, Kansas City Chiefs. But? I'm going Lamar Jackson. And don't hate me, Joe. I love you so much. Remember, I'm the one that said that your dad should get you ice cream more often, especially the orange sherbet you love so much. At Happy Valley at, at, at the Yield Finer Diner, right? Uh, so remember that from your Uncle Ian. But I'm going to go Lamar Jackson because the dude is just playing on a different level and he's got Mark Andrews coming back as Whoopi. I'm going Lamar. Sorry, Joe. Oh, man. Um, 
Ah, this one's actually very hard because Mahomes, he's 3-1 and one against Lamar Jackson. He has at least 340 passing yards in all four of those meetings. He has 10 touchdown passes and no interceptions in winning his past five playoff games. You got an answer? Although, yes, there have been drops all season long. The weather might not be good. I don't believe in those receivers, and I think that the Ravens are probably going to win this game. If I'm just going quarterback, quarterback, it's hard for me to bet against Mahomes. That's a oh! I'm going to be rooting for Lamar. Good, but good pick. Joe swayed that one. It's a good pick. Uh, all right, let's yeah. stay with the quarterbacks here. Let's go with the other matchup. Would you rather have this Sunday, Jared Goff or Brock Purdy, Amber? Go. Jared Goff or Brock Purdy? Uh, you know, re- realistically, Brock Purdy. And, well, you know what? If we're ju- Are we just going quarterback head-to-head here? Yeah, oh, man. Just the okay. quarterback all right, on Sunday. All right. all right, fine. If it's just quarterback on Sunday and not team as a whole and not scheme that we're discussing, <laughs> then I'm going to go Jared Goff. I'm going to give Goff his props for what he's done for this Detroit team this season. It's pretty inarguable that Jared Goff, at least to me, is the better quarterback. We have seen some of the stumbles, including, by the way, in the divisional round where there were just times that Brock Purdy seemed so off, even though, of course, the 49ers get that win. I think I'll go Jared Goff just straight up quarterback to quarterback without considering any other factors there, Ian, which is hard to do. I'm going Purdy if he has Debo Samuel back. I'm going Brock Purdy. Joe, back to you. Which home field has the best advantage, Baltimore or San Francisco? Oh, I've got this one. That's Baltimore. It is medieval, cannibalistic, eat your young. But sorry, Joe, didn't mean to say that with you there, phrasing the question. But it is, it, it is, I've done games at both, Amber, and that joint gets gets rowdy. I mean, when I say rowdy, like cannibalistic. So I'm going to go Baltimore. Also, even, even though we haven't seen the 49ers actually win a Super Bowl in a very, very long time, we have seen the 49ers get to a conference championship numerous times here in recent memory. The Ravens never get here. They need, Lamar point. needs to get over the hump. It's the whole thing with Lamar and him in the postseason and yada, yada, another MVP season it looks like here for Lamar. So I think that that crowd will be rabid. I'll give them the home field advantage, edge. All right. Uh, so here, this one's for you, Amber. Which skill group would you rather have on Sunday? The 49ers, which includes Debo, Brandon Ayuk, we George think. Kittle, CMC. Well, what about O-lines and D-lines? They're not skillful. Or the Lions, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, Almond Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta. Which skill group? Still easy for me, 49ers. And Debo looks like he's going to go. He looked fine, by the way, in all the practice videos that have been coming out. Doesn't look like he's bothered at all, actually, uh, by that injury. So, yes, if Debo's there, then it, for me, it's it's not much of a conversation. It's Niners easily. Everyone's healthy. I'm going to go offensive line as a skill group part, and Trent Williams. Because that when you say skill group, that means that the big hog mollies ain't skillful. And it's offensive. So Trent Williams, the best damn left tackle in ball. I'll go Niners. When people talk about skill positions, though, they're not normal. I don't care. It's, it's like saying a center is not doesn't have skills. One more, no, real, one more, real quick. One more, real quick. Who are you more excited to see in the stands, Taylor Swift or Jason Kelsey? For well, hold on a minute. Is- hold on, Joe. Let me ask you a question. Does Jason Kelsey have his shirt on? Probably not. <laughs> Absolutely, Jason Kelsey. That man, Jason Kelsey, jumping out of suites, 
It just it, <laughs> lifting fans up who have signs for T Swift, just full on t- t- making an impact at the tailgates. Jason Kelsey is easily I'm with the Joe. answer for me. I'm with Joe. 100%. Jason Kelsey is. Absolutely. Uh, I, but they will both be making an impact <laughs> if, in fact, if, in fact, that team <laughs> makes it to a Super Bowl. Coming up next, we'll continue to look ahead to Championship Sunday here on ESPN Radio.